Thankfully, C4 Energy has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus. C4 Smart Energy is formulated with 200 milligrams of natural caffeine from green coffee beans, plus potassium, niacin, and vitamin B12 to support well-being and help you feel your best, all while promoting fat burn and boosting metabolism. So I have recently tried C4 Smart Energy, and let me tell you, it is giving me a boost. That caffeine is hitting because I have a very short attention span. I get distracted so easily, and I tried it, and I was like, yeah, this is a boost all right. I love that. Look for smart energy every day in the beverage aisle at your local Target. Go grab a can and share on social media tagging at C4 Energy and the It's Me Tinks podcast to show how smart energy helps you stay focused wherever you are. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. To know me is to know that I am obsessed with spicy margaritas. Love tequila cocktails? Then check out the award-winning 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. It's a -a one-of-a-kind tequila infused with the juice of real fruit. 21 Seeds is smooth, not sweet. It smells fresh and bright and tastes incredible. Try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Learn more at 21seeds.com. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds, Diageo, New York, New York. Way's new anti-frizz cream provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours plus heat production up to 450 degrees. Okay, so I actually tried Way's new anti-frizz cream on live with my community, which is kind of risky, right, to try a new product on live. I put it on my hair, which as you guys know is level 9 million frizzy. And by the time I had got done finishing my glam because I was doing glam on live, my hair was dry and I was shook to my core at how smooth my hair looked, especially that frizzy top part, you know, in in your part, all those little baby hairs coming through, that frizzy part, that was smooth. So shout out Way for consistently delivering products that actually work and do what they say they're going to do on the bottle. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code MEATINKS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code me tanks hi guys welcome back to the show happy friday happy show day it is my first live show i'm so excited to meet you all in austin tonight i hope it goes well i'm i'm nervous i'm not gonna lie to you guys i am very nervous because i want to do a good job and because it's new but again you have to do things a little bit before you're ready and i am just very excited i went to the vanity fair part I went to the Vanity Fair party. Sorry, I was just um, swiping Miso off the table because he was about to eat the microphone. I went to the Vanity Fair Vanity's Young Hollywood party last night and I got to wear the pink Madonna Versace dress. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I do dream dress of the day and I have such a type of dress. Like I love pastel, like pink, blue, purple. I love very whimsical 90s silky dresses it's like a certain silhouette I'm so predictable and Lauren my stylist was like I'm trying to pull this vintage for you and I was like oh my god and it was just such a dream to wear so I felt very lucky and I also loved my glam it was just it was just a lighter look of glam which is nice and I yeah I went uh to this party last year too and it's so funny it's so crazy how the difference a year can make Last year I went and I got 
drunk and I was like partying all night. And this year I went, I said my hellos and I was back in bed within an hour and a half. And I think it's just because I am not drinking. I'm not really, I'm not not drinking right now. I'm trying not to put a label on it. I'm just like doing it day by day. And it's not that you can't have fun without drinking. It's just that right now my main focus is work and I think different phases of your life, you just focus on different things. For me, it's kind of hard to focus on multiple areas of my life in an intense way. So for example, in the fall, you guys know I was like obsessed with being in love and like my boyfriend and having fun. And that's great. And it's like, you should just always lean into what's working right now. I think it's sometimes it's hard because as humans, we want to decide when different eras start. We're like, okay, now I'm in my workout era. I'm going to start. But sometimes you're not in the mood to start your workout era yet, you know? Or I think that's why a lot of people have trouble with New Year's resolutions because it's like all of a sudden, one day to the next, you're supposed to start this new era. I think, okay, I love New Year's resolutions for other types of things, but I think in terms of leaning in, you just kind of have to listen to yourself and be like, what's clicking right now? What's working? Because usually one area of your life is like just naturally flowing. And sometimes they all are great. Good for you. But sometimes one area will really just be on fire and then just put your energy towards that. Like right now, I don't have a boyfriend and I'm not dating, so I'm not going to lean into that. Um, but in the fall, I was just like, you know what? This feels so good to give my whole heart to. Right now, for me, work is going really well, and I'm really into that. So that feels good, and I'm going to just keep going. And not drinking is like kind of connected to that. But um, yeah, it's the Oscars on Sunday. I'm going to the Elton John party. I will probably have some drinks then. I feel like then I'll be I'll be like having a sigh of relief because I'll have done my live show. And then I'm also the keynote speaker at Create and Cultivate on Saturday in Austin. And then I fly back and um and then I'm taking Brian to Elton party, which is so fun. And so I think it's like that will be a fun time to have some champagne and whatnot. But again, it's so crazy the difference a year can make. I mean, last year in Austin, I was partying. I went to a strip club in Austin last year. I just remembered that. It was the best weekend of my life. And we were partying every night. And it's just so crazy to think, wow, uh, like the difference from a year ago. Also, so I didn't understand this until I worked in this industry, but there's like Getty images and then BFA are the two main people who take pictures at big events. And then, you know, when you start to go to these events, you have your own file and it's like all the photos of tanks and my vain ass last night, I, I like got home from the party and I was like sitting with the cats and, you know, I was like, oh my God, am I a loser? Because I am home so early and I'm like drinking tea with my cats <laughs> instead of like staying till the end of the party. And I was like, I check my photos and anyone who says they don't check their photos immediately is like lying because you obviously want to know how you looked on the carpet or whatever. And sometimes they upload them really fast. So you go to like getty.com slash tinks or whatever. And I was looking and I was like taking a trip down memory lane being like, oh my God, like all of these looks this past year. And then I got to like this party a year ago and I was like, I was a completely different girl a year ago. And it, that's the most beautiful thing. Like, you know what I always say, if you're not cringing at yourself a year ago, you're not growing fast enough. And I don't cringe at the girl a year ago. I'm just like, wow, you have no idea what's coming. There's so much to that's going to happen in this next year. And then, and then once you do that, you know, thought you have to drop into gratitude and be like, I'm so grateful that my body carried me through another year. We had 
so many experiences and, and it's just, it's so wild. And also like, if you have big goals or things that you want to achieve or things you want to change about yourself, like so much can happen in a year. And sometimes we feel like, oh, a year is, is so short or like, oh, like nothing happened or whatever. But a year is a long time where a lot can happen. So, you know, whether you're leaning into one area of your life or not leaning into one area of your life, it's just, it's always good to take stock of that. I think that book that I'm reading is like really fucking me up that 4,000 weeks. I like it. I really do like it, but um, it's a lot. I have a note in here to talk to you guys about the Victoria's Secret fashion show because they just announced that it's coming back. And I'm just so curious as to your guys' thoughts on this. Um, I will not lie to you. When before, <clears throat> before, oh gosh, I don't know when, but when I was in my young 20s, we would have a party every year to watch the show. And I will not lie. I loved it. And this was before I was really aware of the body positivity movement. Um, I've spoken at length about, you know, growing up in the 90s and what I thought the ideal body type was. And I speak a lot about this in my book, actually, just like that growing up, I thought, oh, like the ideal person is a Victoria's Secret supermodel fully. And I'm sure a lot of millennial women share that sentiment. You know, we, we really grew up with that thought. And so I thought, why not is what, why could it be bad? You know, it's like the most fun fashion show on earth. Like I love to see their outfits. Like I love to see the models. Like I love all the little clips of them. And I distinctly remember in my house in San Francisco, we would throw a really fun party and we would like order pizza and have drinks and snacks and everything and watch it. And it was like a very fun event. And I wasn't really aware of the body positivity movement until I moved to New York when I was about 26. And the only reason that I became really aware of it is because I was at Parsons in fashion school and they started to be like, oh, okay, like let's talk about diversity on the runway. And I was like, oh, wait, that is a whole problem. You know, like I didn't even consider maybe it's like really damaging that I grew up thinking that this like supermodel is the ideal body type. You know what I mean? And that was the first time. And also, I just think being in New York, I was just exposed to a lot more. I was reading a lot more magazines. I was just reading a lot more articles online and that sort of stuff. When I lived in SF, I was very like really lived in a bubble. And I'm not saying that because of the city. I think, you know, there is certain bubble aspects to it because of the nature of the dominant industries there. But it's just not as like culturally engaged as say a New York is, in my opinion. So then I started to realize like, whoa, it's actually super damaging that we've only seen one type of body shown as the ideal like this is a major problem and it was kind of like a huge awakening for me and since then I've been super invested in body positivity movement and learning about it and just like unlearning all of the things that I was conditioned with growing up you know all of the magazine covers that I consumed all the tv shows where you know being fat was the butt of the joke and whatnot so to bring it back to the show, so Victoria's Secret obviously has gone through a lot of, you know, uh, controversy. What was their part in, you know, the this like bad body image that so many of us have? Or, you know, is it negative? And, and I know that they're trying very hard to kind of recalibrate their image. And 
I was reading online a couple think pieces about the show coming back and <clears throat> it seems like the the reception is very negative. It seems that a lot of people believe this will not be this that they don't get it. They're saying they kind of just try to copy Dove and like they don't really believe in diversity of body or otherwise. Um they're just kind of trying to like slap it together and whatnot and I haven't paid too too close attention to their remodel i've definitely noticed it they they definitely are becoming more diverse and you know showing different body types and just a, a bigger range of diversity on their instagram and in their ads but people don't feel that it's like a, a central like a core change like it's not in their dna change and i'm of two minds of that like i do see where people are coming from i do however I also think that we have to give brands the opportunities to change. And also change takes time. Like for, for structural change in a, in a company's ethos, as big as that, like think about, think about the real estate that that company has. Think about the, the hundreds of thousands, I don't know hundreds of thousands, but like I'm assuming thousands, probably over a hundred thousands of people who are employed by that company on, on multiple levels. Yes, I am with you 100%. It has to change, but we also have to give people the opportunity to do that. I am very curious to see how they will be doing the fashion show. Um, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath. It's so funny. I haven't, God, you guys are going to all go look at it now. But when I was younger, I wrote this article that was like 20 thoughts I had while watching the Victoria's Secret fashion show. And I think it's on pop sugar. Um, and it's funny because you can kind of see in my trying to be funny that like the glimmers of like feeling inadequate if that makes sense, because it's like, I could never wear that thong or like, I, I would never do this show if I was on my period or like, oh my God, she's so beautiful or all that stuff. You can see the glimmers of like, uh, I, I feel so less than when I watch this, but it, at the time, the only way to kind of voice those opinions were, was through humor. So very interested to hear what your guys' thoughts are on this. If you feel that their rebrand is inauthentic, if you feel like the fashion show has a place, I mean, obviously Fenty is killing the game and Fenty's diversity is in its DNA. You know, it was a company that's founded on diversity and modern principles. And I think that that's why they are so successful and with, with every right, you know, like, of course. So very, very curious about that. Okay, let's get to my new obsession, the show Sex Life. So I'll say this. I usually don't like shows that are this. I'm sorry, we can say it. It's cheesy. It's cheesy. But for me, the thing that made it okay is like the nudity and the sex as the topic. Um, sorry to be a perv, but like the reason that I like HBO is because they swear and they show boobs and like sex and everything like that. And honestly, if I'm going to watch TV, I need a little tit. Sorry. Sorry, my my attention span my attention span is shot. Okay, I need a little boob, and they provide a little boob and more. Um, the first thing I notice is that Billy's nipples are in literally every episode, and like she's so stunning. I love that for her. Um, but I was quite taken aback at the amount of nippleage in the early episodes. 
And even though it's kind of a silly show, it does bring up a lot of questions that we've talked about, such as women giving up their their lives and their their dreams and tropes like the whole moving to the suburbs thing and like what that says. And it's kind of playing on the whole the whole show is kind of playing on that. I don't know if you would call it a fantasy or a nightmare or whatever, but the whole like desperate housewife in the suburb thing, you know, that kind of trope, it's kind of playing on that because Billy, obviously, you know, she, we have all these flashbacks to her wild life, even beyond Brad, you know, she was just like more engaged with, you know, going out and her friends and all this stuff. So, and I'm talking about season one here. Um, and then she goes to the suburbs and she feels dissatisfied both in her life and her sex life, uh, which brings up the question of, long-term intimacy, which is something that I'm really interested of and also afraid of. And I asked you guys um, on Instagram, if you have kids, did your sex life change after? And it was, I believe, um, like 34% said yes. But a lot of you wrote to me and said, I clicked yes, but it changed in a good way. And someone wrote and said, um, Yes, but it changed in a good way, willing to do new things, willing to try new things, a new level of intimacy. And there was a lot of DMs that kind of echoed that sentiment that it was like, there's nothing more intimate and beautiful than having a child with someone. And that really took our sex life to the next level. So I was very interested in that. Some of you did write and say, yeah, we had never have sex anymore post kids. I think a lot of it, it seemed that it was like if you have young kids, which is understandable because when the fuck do you have time to have sex? If you have young kids, you're like can you taking care of them. You're juggling a thousand things like when you have the time or the privacy, that's totally understandable. Um, I think like uh, 12% or something said no, which in which case go off. Um, so, you know, it seems like it really varies. And it and oh, and a lot of you said a vast majority said yes, but more about time than about kids, like more just with time. And I think that that's right because obviously your sex life changes. If you're with someone for 10 years, it changes, you know, you, you think differently of them. You've done every position in the book. It ebbs and flows. And I think that that is such a normal, normal part of life. And I think people also have a lot of like anxiety and shame over not having sex a lot if they're in long-term relationships, but it's so normal. I mean, I don't think there is any normal when it comes to sex. I don't even like using that word when it comes to sex. The only thing that's normal is there being no normal. Everyone's different. But I do think that having less sex as time goes on is completely, you know, to be expected. Um, so <laughs> I have this note. I was like, ooh, I was feeling very vulnerable when I wrote this list. Something I haven't spoken about a lot is that I'm very validated by sex and then I and I worry that I would take it personally if our sex life dwindled, but I guess I will cross that bridge when I come to it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I like sex, but again, as I said, I'm I'm very validated from it, which is I don't know how 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 much work and therapy it would take to uncouple the the feeling of you know, it's like I feel like I'm a pretty evolved person. I consider myself a a strong feminist, but it's like I feel very, very validated from sex. And sometimes 
sometimes I want to have sex to be validated. And sometimes I want to have sex to have sex. And I think that's okay. I mean, I don't really care if it's not okay because that's my life and that's what I, what I, um, you know, who I am. And then I think that there's like another time when you want to have sex, which is just like, you just want to be close to someone and it's just like the most intimate thing you can do. So I guess I do fear in a long-term relationship or like post kids, um, that, the relationship or the sex life would dwindle. I don't know if you guys follow Elaine Weltroth. I hope I'm saying pronouncing her um, last name right, right, right correctly, but she's an ama amazing follow um, on Instagram and she does these like ask Elaine's I think once a week and she recently put one up that was like um, Elaine, I just had a baby and like my husband no longer wants me and it's like the comments are insane. I highly recommend you go look at it. It was just like a week ago and she gives advice and it's just like, yes, obviously that's an extreme case, which doesn't happen to most people. But for me personally, that's a lot of my fear of like um, having children and like my relationship changing. That's, that's like really ha weighing heavy in my mind. Not to say that I, yeah, actually I don't care. Like I don't need to judge my fears like, and you shouldn't either. So, um, so yeah. And it's not that Cooper doesn't want Billy after. It's just like, you know, he <laughs> he doesn't fulfill this like sexual fantasy. However, I will say that in season one, I think it's kind of unfair that like Billy never showed that crazy sexual side of herself to Cooper. She never asked for it. She never, you know, that wasn't part of their courtship. And it kind of feels like Billy presented who she felt was like an ideal wife for Cooper. And I think that that's a massive danger when you're dating someone, if you are really into them, it's kind of like reverse box theory, right? It's like, you think that they're perfect. And you're like, okay, let me just make myself like I'm future tripping. I want to marry this person. Let me just act how I think they want me to act and get into a relationship with them. And then all of a sudden you look up, you're married with two kids and your husband doesn't know that you're like a sexual, you know, maven who loves to get down and, and do freaky stuff. And I, I thought it was really sweet how, you know, Cooper tried so hard. You know, he really put in a lot of effort. I'm just going to be focusing on season one because I'm not done with season two yet. And I, I know a lot of other people aren't either because it just came out. But, it, you know, he really tries. He really, really puts the effort in and she's kind of like icked out by his effort. You know, when he takes her to the concert and he's like dancing, whatever. And she's just like, Oh God, I don't know. Like this feels like, so not you, but is there anything more romantic than a, than a guy trying to satisfy you and trying to please you? And like, they do have hot sex and like that does kind of spark their, um, their stoke the fire, if you will, between Billy and Cooper she I have the note that she really wants to have her cake and eat it too and yeah this did annoy me a little bit in the first season because it was just like you know you have this husband you kind of have to shit or get off the pot you know like you are doing something that feels I I was just shocked how Cooper was so chill about it at first he wasn't wasn't screaming he was like reading all these fantasies and all this stuff which if the roles were reversed think about that. If he was writing like about his ex, she would be like, what the fuck? Like I'm leaving or whatever. But he tries to like meet her where she is. And Billy's just kind of like obsessed with Brad and thinking about him and like calling him and whatever. Um, I don't find either Cooper or Brad sexy, which is fine. Um, 
they're just not my type, but I will say, I think that they cast it perfectly. And I know that Billy and Brad are together in real life and you can tell, you can really, really tell the chemistry. Um, and it's reminds me of when we were talking about rom-coms the other day and how now, like now rom-coms start with some like lesson to teach people and then they work backwards. Whereas before it started with the chemistry of two people like Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks or Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. And they absolutely nailed the chemistry with really all of the three main characters in this show. And it matters. You can tell, you can really, really tell. And I think that's another reason why, even though the show can skew a little bit cheesy, it's just so addicting to watch because it feels really sexy and they have that spark. So what Brad is doing is kind of shitty. Like I'm talking about in present day to all three of them. Like it's kind of insane. He just comes back and is like, I want to be with you. And it's like, it's pretty mean how he like trolls Cooper and all this stuff. Like, I, I don't know. That just didn't seem nice to me. Honestly, the show kind of reminded me of Fleischman's in a way because Cooper and Billy, they, they're, early relationship kind of reminds me of Claire Danes and the husband, sorry, or Toby, sorry, in um, Fleischman's as in, in their young twenties, they were compatible, but they ultimately don't want the same things. They don't want the same life. They don't view life the same way. Here's the crazy part though. In the case of sex life, I believe that Billy genuinely thought she wanted the nice, perfect husband and the perfect kids in the house in the suburbs. Like, I think she genuinely wanted that. And that also raises an interesting question that I have for you guys, where it's like, obviously people are allowed to change their minds, right? Because I've spoken a lot on this podcast about how I think it's important that you share the same worldviews as your partner, like especially to do with money, because it's like the number one thing that couples argue with. But it's more just like about your vision for what you want for life, because you are going to be spending your life with this person. However, what when I'm talking about that, it doesn't account for the fact that sometimes you freaking change your mind. And I guess that's why we have divorce. But um I I do believe Billy thought that that was going to fully satisfy her and that, you know, then she just Brad, it, it wasn't it wasn't enough. It wasn't it wasn't doing it for her. Uh I also think I have a note about the importance of fantasy and Recently on Instagram, I was talking about how I think that, um, well, I was saying that Esther Perel says that in order for long-term intimacy to be, to work, each person in the couple has to maintain their own um, sense of fantasy and their own, I don't know how she phrases it, but it's like sexual relationship with themselves. And that means um, that can mean like masturbation. That can mean like kind of flirting with other people, not cheating, but like allowing yourself to fantasize outside of your relationship. And that's what keeps it long-term going. And then I said, I was also talking about on Instagram, how I think reading, um, you know, romance novels or smut or whatever you want to call it, fan fiction can really, really help keep the, uh, the spice alive in a long-term relationship because it allows you to fantasize. And that's why I think reading or listening is so much more powerful, especially for women than watching porn. Because when you watch porn, it's just like, it's there. There's no fantasy because you are pulled into the graphic images 
in front of you. And that's great. Like sometimes, you know, I'm not anti-porn by any sense of the sense of the, you know, by any sentiment, but fantasy is what makes us horny. When you imagine, like to me, there's such a difference between watching porn and getting horny and like reading a book while your partner's out and being like, oh my God, like I'm fantasizing. And I'm like, it kind of just awakens your sexuality. And I obviously that's what happens with Billy when she's writing in her journal. And honestly, Cooper reads it too. And he's really fired up about it. He's horny for it too, which just shows you it's like, we think that it's harder to use our imagination, but it's actually, it's like, it's like working out for your brain. It really is. So very interesting. Also, I just feel so bad for, uh, Sasha. That's her name, right? The best friend just gets caught in the crossfires of all of it. Just not, not okay. But she seems to be getting her moment in the spotlight in season two. So I'm very glad about that. Um, what other shows have I completely overlooked that I should now revisit you guys? You tell me because I, I listen, I can say when I was wrong and I'm so glad that I am finally now watching sex life. Okay, guys, that is my show. Wish me luck for the show tonight. I will see you all back on Monday with February faves. I've got a good list for you with lots of weird details on there. Um, don't forget to pre-order my book. I have saved so much good stuff for the book. I cannot wait for you guys to read it. I will put the link to pre-order in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode or if you enjoy it in general, please share with a friend. I love you all so much. I'll see you Monday. Bye.